Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. Chris here and I'm joined in the studio today with... Gordon, as usual. As Gordon, as usual and... And Phil is quite unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we know that. We know that, Phil. (laughs) I have to keep reminding myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Uh, Yes, welcome to Been There Done That. History is our theme but it's not boring history, hopefully, and sometimes it's not ancient history. It might be modern history that we talk about because yesterday fades away, but something is going to stick in our memory for quite a long time. And we, we recall them, and they're fresh as they were the day that we went through them, experienced them the first time round. So hopefully, yes, Gordon. I was just going to say, but it's only because we have a lot of notes that we can consult to that we do. If we relied on our memory, Chris, I don't think we'd remember too much. We probably couldn't. That's <laughs> right, Gordon. But yes, we have notes to refresh our memory. But sometimes, yeah, it's like this, the Olympics or some marvellous event that's occurred, you know, a grand final maybe in sports, or it could be a birthday event of our own. I remember that till the day I, well, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) During the week, I read a very interesting article in the paper about the brain. Mm. Yeah, the brain. The brain goes to sleep. It shrinks in the night time and and, and gradually things get faded out of your memory. Oh right, and, as, okay. and during the day it comes awake again as you as as things happen, and it, it, your brain gets a little bit bigger during the day. Mm, quite interesting article, and you remembered it, and I remembered it. Yes, about <laughs> about that, Phil. But the human brain is not like a hard drive or a static memory in our modern devices. Mm. It doesn't remember everything, and uh, sometimes so you need to defrag, but. Tell me, Phil, do, does modern solid-state memory actually need defragging? No, because we don't have the latency of a, a circulating disk. See, what, what does that when, mean? When a file became fragmented, yeah. it would exist in multiple places on the disk. So we'd have to move the head to a new track, a bit like a record player, Yeah. find where the rest of the file was, and wait for it to come around on the rotating disc. Oh, yeah. And then join them all All those together. things took time. So by defragmenting, it joins them all up. And the way computers work is that you can usually bet that the, the one bit of signal that you're reading now, the next bit you need will be right behind it. So you can read in. If you need one, you're reading 100. It's yep. called caching. And that will speed up the event. But if you're fragmented... 
you're always having to flush out the extra information because you've got to go somewhere else to find it. And okay, and so solid, state, solid state memory is it continuous. doesn't take time to get from point A to point B. Oh, right. Well, I, I, I'm sure that I don't have solid state memory. <laughs> oh, the, the latest Macs are right up there with all the new oh, technology. Oh, yeah, yeah but, but I'm talking about my brain. Oh, your brain. <laughs> no, I'm, I would think you're severely fragmented. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, there was I thinking that my finances were all under control and everything in the, the superannuation industry, and suddenly we find that uh, history is not as we thought it was. There's been some naughty people playing silly buggers with my money. The thing is, Chris, that it's been going on for years because way back in 2007 or 2008 it was, um, a whistleblower blew the lot on what was going on mm. and it was completely ignored and, they, and it just kept going. Was it because it was a boys' club or something like that sort of well, thing? Well, I don't know. But it's, uh, it's, there are certainly uh, women in control of different things, bits and pieces, but... Um, this this man was um, he reported what was going on with the CBA, and uh, nobody took any notice. Even ASIC took no notice of him. You know, mm. which which was just stupid. Well, uh, looks like the uh, the white ants are getting into the little companies now, or the big companies, and uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad odor coming up. Mm. Yeah, well, there were so many people have lost thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars because of what they have done, which is not very nice at all because people save their money and they want to be have something and they're given this rotten advice that they should go for something that's got high risk in it but there's an old principle the greater the uh, the greatest the greater the interest the greater the um, risk risk yeah. yeah and this is the point so if somebody offers you to change your money to say worth a million dollars you've got to think about it very very quietly and and, and not uh, and look at the whole thing and the other thing that's happening at the moment, which is sort of world-shattering, and, and we will have to actually wait to see whether it becomes a major historical point in time or whether it's just another blip on the world's radar. And I'm talking about the events that have happened recently in Korea with the North and South portions of the Korea uh, talking to each other like they haven't for a long time. What's going to happen, Philip? Talk is cheap. <laughs> but Mr. Trump says that he should uh, be uh, praised for his efforts. Yeah, until he changes his mind and says the exact opposite. Which is like so what he says is really irrelevant. Because he can change his mind very quickly at any given moment. Yeah, but the, the North Koreans have done this before. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll sign everything, we'll say everything and then do nothing. But they're not going to give up anything. You know, they, they they hold a very strong hand with their nuclear armaments. Yeah, nobody turns around that far that fast. No, no. no so no, we, we no. don't want to be too naive here. No, I think we've just got to wait and see exactly what happens. But I, My party balloons are still in the bag. Are they? Oh, yep. right. Well, don't blow them up because you're not allowed to let them go because they, 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 <laughs> they pollute the, pollute the um, uh, environment. They certainly but they're not do. straws. Aren't I they? thought straws were evil. Oh, yeah, that was last week. That was last that was, week. Well, they certainly are still evil but this the wor- week. The worst part about it was that at a, at a conference, um, while all this was going on, while, while, while there was a big party going on in Washington, Mr. Trump was in a, a state 
carrying on about what and was in another town called Washington. Yes, and they the people there were screaming out Nobel, Nobel, Nobel. They were trying to give no. him the Nobel Peace Prize. No, no, surely that's a mishearing. Surely they're saying no bull, no bull. <laughs> no, so. But he kept talking. He kept talking. So there you go. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's a it's it's a strange world we live in, Master Jack. And you can tell that there are elections on the way. Oh, the state politicians, both varieties, all varieties, well, are getting terribly excited at the moment, and even the federals are getting oh, a little bit excited as well. You know, there's a you know there's an election on. There's money's being thrown around left, right, and centre, and it's always is, isn't it? That's so, are you telling me that the federal government haven't suddenly realised that the the Great Barrier Reef is dying and they're going to fix it? Oh, no, there's a couple of seats up there that they need to hang on to in mm. Queensland. Mm. But the amount of money that they're po- poking in that direction is well, not Well, it should have been done fuel. ages because, ago. No, because it's a worldwide problem. Mm. It's the heating of the sea. The whole of the Pacific Ocean is getting much hotter than it should be. And the poor little corals are saying, sorry, cherry bye, and they turn their heels up. But they're doing nothing about climate change, and that's the point. It's the climate change that's affecting everything. They're doing everything. one thing about it. What's that? They're denying it. Oh, is that okay? Mm. So how can you deny it and then fix the Great Barrier Reef? <laughs> yeah. We're going to fix a, this problem, which we don't have. Mm, yeah, yeah, but then they, mm. but they've going to stop the runoff from the farmers and everything. I think that just mm. they just should stop build digging a bloody coal mine up there. Well, we've got examples now of the big banks running the country. Mm-hmm. Well, they always have. And the politicians not running the country. And it is probably as it's always been. The big companies do, in fact, oh. actually run the joint. Because well, it was half the politicians didn't want the Royal Commission. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So very. are our elections worthwhile? Well, you have to have a say sometime along the thing. And, and the Australian people are... Um, a lot of people are aware of what goes on in politics, but there's a bigger percentage is do not know what is happening. They don't understand the way the whole political scene works, which is unfortunate, because they're not they don't want to be involved in it. Yeah, but anyhow, we will get the government we deserve. That's what I'm worried about. Joy.org.au, where our diverse communities can come together across the nation, across the globe. Joy. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. In history, on this day or round about this time, there were some natural events and some man-made events, both of which uh, have interesting stories. And uh, Phil, you're going to tell us about the situation that happened in, I know it's a long time ago and you weren't there personally, (laughs) but in 1906 on the 18th of April. San Francisco earthquake. To quote Bart Simpson, I didn't do it. <laughs> didn't you? No. It was a it was a seven point nine earthquake, which is a big one. That's a huge earthquake, isn't it? That, it that... is the um what I call my earthquake, the Loma Prada of nineteen eighty nine, was seven point one. And you wouldn't want it to be bigger than that. Oh right. But it was. But it was. And the earthquake itself didn't cause a lot of damage. Hold on, which earthquake were you talking about? 1906. Oh, okay, yes, thank you. On this time of year. The big problem was that when the earth moves, Mm -hmm. not everything moves with it. No. (laughs) And gas mains are not known for their flexibility. 
they would snap, I would have thought, with rupture something like that. Rupture would be the word. Rupture. Rupture, okay. And when you release gas into the air, it always manages to find some bright spark to come along and create a fire. Well, they didn't have much electricity in those days, did they? So they wouldn't have been... No, but there would have been open fires yeah, and things going on. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Because it can get rather chilly in San Francisco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, not everything was handled perfectly. And the Army Corps of Engineers were brought in to try and solve the problem of this spreading fire. And they must have read something about backburning with bushfires mm-hmm. and decided to burn down a city block of perfectly good buildings uh-huh. yes. to arrest the flow of the fire, but that backfired. Uh, the two fires joined up into one big fire. It would have been a raging inferno. Well, it was a mess. Mm. But, mm. yeah, the... Um, and most of the houses were that were damaged were, in fact, timber houses, so it... The, the it wooden sort of frame with going. what they call stucco, stucco. Mm. which is a horrible word... <laughs> Well, Actually, it, it, it's, well it, it's because it's stucco. It's, it's stuck it's, on the you wall. You yeah. it up there. You put chicken wire on it and you stick up the, the yeah. plaster. Yeah. But it's designed to move with the, yeah, the that's earth. Right. Mm. And it's a good theory. Um, there's a lot, of <clears throat> a lot of brick buildings in my earthquake up in the city or in San Francisco. And um, the, the damage to the buildings was sort of random and odd. There's one building had window sills under every window. And the edges, left and right edges of the window sills, all fell off. Mm. No, I have no idea why. Mm. Mm. And you'd be walking along the footpath, and the gutter would will have risen to maybe six or eight inches. So you see the uneven yeah. guttering and things. But um, but back in 1906, Phil, though, the the, the the basically the whole of San Francisco was flattened, wasn't it? With yeah, the fire, basically the fires rather than the earthquake. Yeah, what wasn't damaged by the earthquake was damaged by fire. Mm, mm. Now, a little bit of sneakiness there, wasn't it? Some of the people whose houses had the, been, well, sort of reshaped thought, well, we can't cope with this. We're not covered with insurance, so but we are covered for fire insurance. Yeah. Earthquake insurance would be prohibitively expensive in an area that has the San Andreas Fault on one side and the Haywood Fault on the other side. That's where San Francisco <laughs> There's is. There's a couple of faults in that, isn't there? There's a huge <laughs> fault. But, um, yeah, so people wouldn't have had earthquake insurance and burnt the buildings down to claim fire insurance. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, there's, there's always smarties everywhere. Like the, yes, like we've I'm got not in too the, sure where they got away with it. Though. Something a bit like we've got in the banks at the moment, which yeah. we talked about before, yes, yeah. some smarties, yes. Yeah, on the 26th of uh, April 1986... Oh. 80 years later, a few years ago now, 32 years, uh, the Chernobyl nuclear reactor in which country? In Russia. Not Ukraine. Russia. Ukraine. 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 I'm not Ukraine. <laughs> I, I bus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't lift things. Um, th- that uh, malfunctioned. It had a tantrum, a major meltdown, you might say. A real hissy fit. <laughs> uh, super More hissy than fit. a hissy fit, I feel. And uh, yeah, as yeah, the fit hit the shan. No, yeah, that's right. Yes, that way. It really. I think the fit hit the footpath (laughs) and ran away. Uh, But that was a man-made event, in as much as the the uh, nuclear reaction was out of control, and it was out of man's control. Chris, there's also uh, the the people are still suffering through it. Uh, The the 
community that's around the area, they've all got radiation things still wrong with them. Mm. And that's the dirty part mm. of nuclear mm. power. Mm. It's okay when it's all contained and, and behaving itself, but like the Japanese found at Fukushima, mm. um, when it goes wrong, it goes wrong quite badly. Oh, and yeah. the results are catastrophic for the first responders. Yes. The few from Fukushima have already passed away, mm. and none of the people who were on the ground there in the early days of Chernobyl, are still with us. Oh, no, that's right. They're, they're basically gone. But, but they've, they've, they've covered the um, Sh- uh, Chernobyl now, haven't they? Just with recently. Well, they they filled the... I forget what the, the term they used, but the, the actual core mm. they filled with cement, um, and that was a temporary thing. And then that they've had various things trying to contain because it's still a massively radioactive site. Mm, mm. Um, so they've built a huge garage over the top of the entire site and it's built on tracks so that they built it off site left and right and then pushed them in together all right and um that's allegedly going to last 100 years and it's internally painted by robots to keep the steel right fresh and strong doesn't strong doesn't lead have something to do with containing radiation i would have thought they would have been able to sort of pour Molten lead into everything, you know. To see, sort of lead is a bit of a problem itself, isn't it? It is. A bit, you, but you don't really want a whole lot of lead around. Yeah, but I suppose it's better than having all that radiation going everywhere. Yeah, well, it's apparently contained, but it's going to be two hundred and fifty thousand years before it's safe. Well, this is right. Yes, we won't be here to worry about it. And um, you really, you, even today, even with all the nuclear reactors being shut down all over Europe, mm. we've still got people saying we need it here in Australia. Mm. Yes. And we don't need those sort of problems. Cause we've got plenty of sun, plenty of wind. Well, we've got our own nuclear waste at the moment mm. from medical purposes That's right. that we need to put away safely. So where can we do it? Oh, in the middle of Australia. There, there, there's a pl- couple of places that they've done. They're organising. They're, they're con- uh, talking to people that own the properties in northern South Australia yeah. to put it in uh, places there where it's going to be completely out of, mm. e- out of everybody's way. But... It's um, it the owners of the land will be being paid rental because of the. I've had an idea. What's that? We just ship it off to the plastic island in the middle of the Pacific. Oh, that'll get rid of it. And put it there. Oh yeah. Everything's attracted, so the radiation won't escape because everything goes there. Well, why don't we just put it in rockets and send it to the sun? Because if that's the, a nuclear reaction in itself. But if they if the thing doesn't take off on the off the planet, oh, you see, they'd be you'd have a bit of a problem, wouldn't you? I would imagine globally there are millions of tonnes of this stuff and Mm. it would not be that cost effective. Mm. No, no, all right then. Something that does come around year by year and is not particularly harmful is uh, May Day every 12 months on our calendar. But uh, it's a Northern Hemisphere festival because it's when nature comes back to life. It's the beginning and of summer, it, isn't it? I think well, up there. I think it's well, called it the beginning spring. of summer. It, it is yeah, spring. Yeah. And for us, the 1st of November is the same event. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that that is really when all the, the new growth bursts out, especially if, if you've had snow over winter. Is that related to Groundhog Day? Well, no, not quite. Because he pops his head up yeah, towards the, the end day. of Yeah. <laughs> There, um, there's something else with that. They've got to be, he's got to put it up, and then there's got to be a frost or something after it, isn't there, or something to make it right? No, that's an that Indian, Indian summer. summer? Oh, if you right. have a frost and then a warm day, that's an Indian Indian summer. 
In, like a lot of our festivals and holidays, the Roman goddess of flowers had a celebration on the 27th of April, Floralia, the festival of flora, the festival of flowers. And then Walpurgis Night is also known in some of the European countries. And there's a Gaelic or yeah, Gaelic festival as well on April the 30th. So a, a lot of activities have been labelled as being part of this time of the year, but only in the Northern Hemisphere. They got it stuck in first. Pagans and Christians alike, they all did it, and, and, and other religions as well. Yeah. But in those countries where there isn't a marked difference between the seasons, especially around the equator, they don't have these festivals. Well, they don't need them because they have permanent sort of um, Well, they've weather, got a they? greater thinking. They think, well, it's just nature's way of doing things. Mm. They also have something else to celebrate three days later. What's that? International Star Wars Day. That's right. May the 4th be May with the you. Fourth. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> Which has grown in strength to ridiculous levels globally. <laughs> yes, yes. But, of course, in, uh, for, during the May Day in the very early part of the centuries they used to have all dancing they they had the pole dance the may dances and all the well, rest of it and but they were maypoles they were maypoles not, not pole dancing as we no, know it today no, no. they were maypoles <laughs> where the children danced around and all the rest of it yeah yep. well bobby vella and james mcnally mm. they reckoned that uh, with their little dance and song they might make the rain fall down well, we need a bit of rain here. We do, we do. Mm. 16 mil for the last month here yeah, in Melbourne. that's right. Now, just, and their normal average is 50. Our so, dams at the moment are 60% filled, and the same time last year they were 67, and we were talking about having... My grass is still brown. Is it? It's not is that brown. a euphemism? It's not on the other side of the fence where it would be greener. <laughs> Definitely not. Joy 94.9. Joy Podcasts. Where you want them, when you want them joy.org.au or your preferred platform. You're on Joy, been there, done that. Chris, Gordon and Phil. Me. Oh, that's right. Oh. And you can write to us. Yeah. How, how can how we do, do that? that? Ooh, stereo. Stereo. You get yourself an email machine mm-hmm. and you type in been there at joy.org.au. Oh, okay. Type in a wonderful message to us and hit send. And hit send, okay. And we will done read it. Oh, good. That's very good of you, Phil. And if it's complimentary, we might mention it on air. Oh, right. But you've got okay. to be nice to us. <laughs> just, <laughs> big, big, just a big hello to Nina and Cupcake while I think of it. Oh, indeed, please, yes. I think Nina now uh, listens to us in podcast. Yes, yes. Okay. Gets all the ads taken out. Yeah, that's right. If we had adverts or sponsorships or things like that. Um one event that's happening here in Melbourne is a bit of an annual event during June, during what is called Southern Hibernation. Okay, the rest of the, the world, the Northern Hemisphere, they're coming out of hibernation. And yeah, the bears, are, the, the bears are rising. But the, the bears are rising. In fact, no, they're, they're, they're going to, to hibernate. But at the Laird Hotel during Southern Hibernation, there's a men-on-men art competition. There's lots of people with artistic skills and they're being invited to come along if they they can paint or they can use sculpt yes sculpt or 
do things in stencil form, uh, street art, etching, drawing and photography, all these sorts of works of art. Works of art. Thank you, Gordon. Will be on display. <laughs> But previously it was described as a celebration of masculinity. This year, the Laird acknowledges the diversity of the customers that go to the Laird Hotel and has redefined the exhibition guidelines, welcoming cis and trans male artists to submit working work expressing their experience. And it is for sale. It's, it's all for sale as well. All and they the have works a, are for sale. And they have a competition to see who's got the best one, best in show. You've never done this, though, Gordon. No, I've never entered it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a realist artist that doesn't... Um, and I don't paint the human figure very, very well. So I, my, my nudes Still would look... Still my, my nudes would look like um, pieces of spaghetti, I reckon. Or a peeled banana. Or a peeled banana, something like that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I'm working on one that might go in next year. I, I'm happens. an art expert. Are you an art expert? Yes. My, my partner and I were in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Just walking around, and he had a big T-shirt on it that said "Art" in typewriter yeah. font. And this guy just randomly comes up and says, "You forgot the F," <laughs> and walked on. <laughs> so that's my—that's as close to art as I've ever been. Because one of the I one think of, we've all been there. Yeah, because <laughs> there was a, a, a we 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 also celebrate a great. Gay artist too, don't we? Around this time of the year, well, born on the fourth of May, nineteen fifty-eight, but sadly left this world already. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Keith Haring, indeed, wonderful, wonderful artist, American yes. artist, social activist, yep. and he had a particular cartoon style mm-hmm. for his drawings, mm-hmm. and they were uh, outlines of figures. Yeah, he d- he did a very wonderful cartoon drawing for the um, AIDS Council, for the AIDS uh, epidemic uh, when it first started. It was very, very, it went worldwide. It was a great um, piece of artwork. Mm. And he's also done one that is in Melbourne. Yes, and they also, wasn't he, no, was he, no, he wasn't, he wasn't the one that they painted over or did something to. No, that was Banksy. That was Banksy, yes, yeah. Yeah, but Haring is in Collingwood, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. He's got a wall in Collingwood which has been redone. It has been renovated, mm. reinstated, and mm. it's a wonderful exhibition, though, of, of outlines of figures, but they're all of the same style. Yeah. And you you blink and look at it, and you immediately say, yes, it's one of his works. He, he is a, the way he used to use the, a couple of little lines around the legs and the arms to indicate movement, which, mm. was, which was very, very clever. Mm. Yeah. He, Can you imagine if he was doing a a picture of a hand, it would end up like you've seen in the cave paintings, just the outline of the fingers, Mm. the shape. And that was the the figures that he represented in these multicoloured paintings. You save a fortune by not colouring in. Oh, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, Sadly, he was diagnosed with HIV AIDS in 1988 and uh, he established a a foundation, its mandate to to provide funding and imagery to AIDS organisations and children's programs and to expand the audience for Herring's Herring's work through exhibitions, publications and the licensing of his images. Mm. And uh, that... All the licensing monies has been ploughed back in, so that's a wonderful, wonderful 
a way of being remembered. Oh yes, yes, and he he he, did, he was a very very conscientious sort of bloke too. Yeah, which was quite lovely. And he only died at the age of thirty-one, which is mm. very, very, very sad. Very sad and very too soon, too soon. Yeah, but someone who, who is uh, well honoured or respected or rec- remembered, recognised by some of our. Um, drag artists, I'm going to call them because it's a, a generic term in itself. That's right. Uh, they love or have loved singing this person's songs because this person was very uh, loud and out and in your face in most of the songs she ever sang. Well, that, but a lot of the songs that she sang were very, very, uh, they were very interesting songs to be sung by a drag queen or a drag performer. Does she have a name? Oh, well, yes, he does really. Starts with a B. And then and with Andrew a... Arbra. No, that's, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Barbara Streisand, of course. Who, um, who Born who... on the 24th of April, 1942. Mm. She's getting on in years a bit. Oh, yeah, she's 77, 75. But she's still kicking along. Yeah, she but still sings. Would, did you notice she gave up singing? Well, look, you, the, the, the thing that with singing is that you can still speak but it's the breath control that you need for singing. You've got to be able to and the lungs and the lungs have and got, got to be to sound the same. Mm. And, and this is as the, you originally were. This is what I was talking about sounding the same. I'm wondering what the sound is going to be like from ABBA. Their voices will have dropped from what they were when they were um, in their twenties, mm. and they're now in their fifties and sixties. To their advantage, though, their original music was so heavily overproduced mm. and multi-layered and multi-tracked. Yeah. We have no idea what they really sounded like. <laughs> yeah, true. They were very much a manufactured sound. Yeah, but well, it was a my, great sound. My friend who's going next Sunday, leaving his town of Munich and going across to Lisbon oh, for good. European Song Contest, contest uh, I suggested in my text to him last night that uh, perhaps ABBA might be the surprise act. That's um, where they, they first trotted out. That's mm. where they met their Waterloo. Yes, they, they, that was the song they, they sang, sang their Waterloo. They sang their Waterloo, yes. Yeah. Talk about Barbara a bit more. Well, she, 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 made she, got first. The, she got to the stage where she stopped singing publicly and it would seem that um, she knew that Things were going to go downhill from that particular age onwards, possibly because, as Phil said, her breath control, or she mightn't have sounded as well. But she would, there would have been other physical things happening that would have changed her voice and made her completely different. Not just physical. She had a major problem with stage fright. Mm. Did she? Yeah. Which is amazing when you think of it, because on stage she owned it. Mm. But getting onto the stage was apparently quite an issue. We, we were there the opening night of that with Barbara Streisand. She opened the actual stadium, and uh, she sings, but she has huge printed um, what's name boxes that she reads as she's singing. So she, that's how she remembers all the words. Is it she just, the one who was reading her teleprompter hmm. and said thank you to Sydney to her Melbourne audience? That's exactly right. They had the wrong script yeah, up, and she yeah, just read it. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yes, that was how embarrassment! <laughs> it's, it's, actually, she's been singing a long time because she made her first recording when she was thirteen. Before Ooh, that's she, a, before she a even dangerous became, number. Yeah, before she even she's became probably famous. Probably too busy now, just spending all her money from her royalty fees mm. and living with her Roland boy. 
On the 2nd of May, um, 1946, was born Leslie Gore. Mm. We know Leslie Gore from lots and lots of songs. I think she changed her last name, though. Gore doesn't really sound... That's a bit of it, you don't think of butterflies, do you? <laughs> it's sort of a lot of blood and sort of... Um, guts. Gore. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's a, she's, a, she's a very... She had. A, she was around for a little while. She was around for quite a while, wasn't she? Well, the the song that we're going to play was actually first recorded in uh, May 1963, and it sort of made her name... Hmm. And it was the Billboard's number one song of the nation uh, when it was let out of captivity. And um, she was a phenomenal success. And uh, we've got, at least on this particular CD, the best of, the golden hits of, and there's 18 tracks there. So, and yeah, she, uh, she made hit after hit after hit. They were lighter and singable and fanciful, and they were quite good fun. Let's hear from Leslie Gore. A diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy. You're with Been There, Done That, Joy 94.9, Gordon, Phil and Chris. Oddly enough, we're being here doing this. We are, we are indeed. <laughs> it's uh, amazing how the weather's changing too out there lately. You know, it's just, it's quite um, cold in the morning, but we're still not getting any rain. No, it's nippy, a little bit nippy, a little mm. bit... It's uh, quite autumnal. My friend in Germany, again... We were texting each other last night. He said that already, it's only a month into spring for them, he said their temperatures have been much higher than they should have been. They haven't had any rain either. But Chris, remember when they had they they had snowstorms and everything over there in February? Mm. You know, the whole of Britain was under f- snow and all the rest of it. But the climate's not changing. Mm. Broom got flooded. Who? A broom in Western Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen very often. No, not very often, but anyhow. I know it's six o'clock in the morning when I go out for my walk. It's usually pretty cool. So I've I've got a joy hoodie, which I put on. Oh, how put, good for you. And I look like Excellent. a little black demon walking down the road. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gordon and Phil, did you ever read the Armistead Morpin's books, Tales of the City? I've read every one of them. And Phil? Not a one of them. (laughs) Well, there you are, listener. Yes, okay. And I've read most of them. But these came out some 30 years ago, I think they might have been. 25 years. Okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. And they were a US TV series in chapter form and had wonderful actors. But the story was of a gay commune, almost you'd say, a group of gay friends and how their lives interacted. It was one of the earliest gay representations, but it was set in San Francisco. Well, that's where the whole gay scene was in America in San Francisco, wasn't it? It was the place to be. 
Mary Ann moved to San Francisco because she was out of place in her own little world and she dropped into the boarding house that was run by Mrs Madrigal. Olivia Dukakis was the actress who played the the role of her. But there were lots of other wonderful star actors. There was gay people in there presented. One of them was Michael, Michael Mouse they called him. He was a little cutie. But what they've gone and done is, because Armistead Morpin has still been writing more chapters to the tales of the city, they're going to redo everything, including the new chapters. The last chapter of the book was the death of Mrs Madrigal, which was quite sad the way that she passed away. I believe it's coming onto Netflix. Once it's been on the pay TV channels, it probably will come to free to air. So hopefully, hopefully, or it might actually be on DVD. Heavens, wouldn't that mm, be could be, novel? could be. Mm. But it's a it's a it's a beautiful story, and it's and it's and it gives a true representation of what gay life was mixed with straight peoples. It's a wonderful series, and the books are still in print. Armistead uh, Morpin, who wrote them, He's still alive, still yeah. alive, happily kicking. married to I think a man from New Zealand. Well, sadly, in Indonesia, LGBTI comics, which are intercepted at the post office, will be destroyed. Now, that is quite the opposite of the TV tales of the city. No, well, I don't think... No, well, well, there's no representation allowable in in Indonesia. Because it's a a Muslim-controlled country, and they're trying to go... to, right over to the right with Sharia law being introduced and everything but in Jakarta mm. alone the, the population are more liberal and they so they're coming in it's, it's amazing it's not illegal to be gay in Indonesia no. but there's a continuing crackdown on mm. LGBTI people this is from the right wing of the Muslim party yeah, yeah. usually the reason for banning comics is that it continues contains pornography but there's no pornography it's just representation of, of G- the, the LGBTI it's a, a little bit different, a bit further to the north of Indonesia, up to Thailand. Now, what are they doing there? Let's in see. Thailand, they have um, they're going to bring in a, a bill to make same-sex civil partnerships legal, Le- legalize same-sex legal yeah, same-sex right. civic S- civil partnerships. It yeah. mightn't be the full thing that the the Thai are going for, which is uh, marriage equality. Oh, but yeah. it's a step. It's along a step the along way. the line. Yes, yeah. yes. So, and it's going to. I think the most uh, interest for that will be down in Pattaya. Where the, um, the the lady boys are big in in Pattaya. The Thai have got a slightly different attitude towards gender. Yes, from oh, the yes. Indonesians, yeah, yeah, yeah. they obviously have recognised the third sex. Sorry, a third gender because there's such business made with the lady boys. Oh yeah. In the U.S. state of Massachusetts, they're actually now offering uh, LGBTQ inclusive education. But it's going to be a resource which the school teachers can use if they need to or want to or think it's appropriate to. So the lessons will include LGBTQ history, including the Stonewall Riots of 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll also feature gay writers. The drive is because students need to see themselves reflected and, and see others who are different from themselves. There's a huge demand, apparently, the teachers are crying out for it because, once again, the binary is only being reflected in what the school kids see in their literature. Well, in high school, that's when you're going to discover that you are gay and it would be nice to see that you're not the only one. 
gay people existed previously and some of them were quite famous. You're not the only one in the village, you mean? Not even in the school. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. The Americans are very, very wary about what they put into actual movies, but the television um, series that have um, gay characters are quite right out there, you know. It's just yeah. the, it's the television industry that's sort of yeah. doing this but rather once than... once again, the, TV, television is actually not a particularly modern vehicle. So you've got to actually translate it into uh, devices that the current kids coming up through the ranks would be using. Well, good luck to them in Massachusetts. That's uh, right. Yeah. And uh, school is one place where they're, they're present and they're listening and learning. Mm. So uh, it's a good exposure. That's so right. So that's it. Yeah. All right, then. It looks like it's about the end of the show. Time for us to depart here. Thanks very much for being with us. Yes, it's been wonderful. We've had some interesting comments today with yeah. the uh, bits and pieces that's been on the news lately. Thank you for shopping with us. Please come again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll catch up with you next okay, week. Thank bye you. For bye for now. Bye. bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Across the nation, across the globe. Joy. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.